0: Hey everybody, welcome to Quotes and Stuff with the Kennedy Bros, the podcast where three brothers talk about movies, comics, pop culture, and stuff while adding our own quoting flair. This is your host Nate. This is DJ. And I'm Christian. Before we go any further, there are time codes in the description if you want to jump around to different parts of our episode. But if you're just tuning in for the first time, this is how this week's going to go. We're going to start it off with our opening question, then we're going to follow that with revealing our quote from last week, then we're going to play the quote from this week, then we're going to dive into the news for this week. Then we're going to talk about Miss Marvel and Kenobi. And then wrap it up with our topic. Christian, hit us up
1: with that opening question. All right. So the question of this week is, what is your favorite dinosaur? Or you could just go with, what's the, what do you think is the coolest looking dinosaur? Because after talking about this, we realized we don't have a ton of dinosaur knowledge. <laughs> so it's more of looking at different dinosaurs and what, what a dinosaur is the... Look cool like, well, again. he looks pretty fresh. Uh, that's my favorite dinosaur. Actually, we probably have more dinosaur uh, info. Well, I do. When I was a child, I remember playing with dinosaur toys and all that stuff. So I knew more then than I did now, but that's how no. it goes. I'll be honest. Most of my dinosaur knowledge comes from Calvin and Hobbes
0: and uh, the occasional <laughs> dinosaur comics that would be drawn. I totally <laughs> forgot about there that.
1: Was. He's, <laughs> always prote- like, he's always imagining he's a dinosaur and eating all sorts of of things and destroying things. And his mom's like, what are you
0: doing? I can go first for this one. Yeah, go for it. I'm going to choose the the Brontosaurus. It's uh, one of the long neck dinosaurs. But Mm. I don't know. I I feel like I relate to it a little bit. Not that I'm super gigantic or tall, but you (laughs) you do have an extremely long neck.
1: (laughs) Mm, I I wouldn't even say that.
0: (laughs) I, don't know, I just think that the Brontosaurus is just kind of just this, this massive thing walking around, and it kind of does its own thing. Not too many people actually mess with the Brontosaurus, it and different? it kind of
1: just chills out. Oh, the Brontosaurus different than the Brachiosaurus.
0: Yes, I think the Brontosaurus is bigger, but they're both both long necks. They're like the same thing by all intents and purposes, right? Except for I think the
1: the Brontosaurus is a little bit bigger. I think think it's just just Brontosaurus, Nate, because there's Brachiosaurus
0: and Brontosaurus. Brontosaurus, then. This goes to show how deep our knowledge of (laughs) Brontosaurus is. But yeah, I choose the the Brontosaurus. You know, I I think it fits me, and I don't know. I just feel like it'd be nice if you are always walk around because, like, Obviously, the Brontosaurus is not a carnivore, but it's like the T. Rex doesn't attack the Brontosaurus at
1: all. You know, yeah. He, so he ain't I, I think he'd be safe. Actually, this is weird. I look at this and I'm like, yeah. Actually, that kind of fits Nate. <laughs> 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 it just seems, you know, kind of chill, kind of does its thing. Uh, yeah, that's uh, very odd that I uh, that I see it that way. Okay, uh, good one, Nate. TJ, what do you got for us? Um, so I'm gonna
2: go. Uh, well, there there's two I was debating for. I really like the the, like the Ankylosaurus. I don't know. It's oh, the yeah, armored yeah. one with all the spikes. Yeah, I'm like, that's uh, cool. That's that pretty, one's pretty cool. But I think I'm gonna end up. I'll be with the predators uh, here, and I'm gonna choose the Spinosaurus because, like, mm. the Spinosaurus is both uh, uh, a killer on the land and in the sea. So, like, there's no escaping it. Like, and if you're really hungry, it's, and it's got like you know the crocodile mouth, which crocodiles I think are one of the modern day dinosaurs and those are pretty terrifying. So the Spinosaurus I think is a really cool, wicked, dangerous dinosaur and it's, the, the it's, villain of Jurassic
1: park three. Yeah. Pretty mm-hmm. scary. They're pretty scary looking too. Um, Ooh, yeah. They have the, the alligator feel. Honestly, it would suck if dinosaurs were alive. I'm already scared of uh, yeah. allig- <laughs> alligators and crocodiles. So if there's anything like a dinosaur, uh, you, Alive today, it would be terrible. Okay. So Christian, <laughs> Christian you, you've been to Florida multiple times and have lived. I no have, death I by a crocodile. F- yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gable. No gable. going in the water, though. No going in the water. Oh, also, I wanted to point out for Nate's dinosaur, we have two. Sorry, TJ. Yours does not have a nickname. Nate's has a nickname, one called the Thunder Lizard and the other called the Rain Lizard. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure oh. how accurate those are, but Nate's got a couple of nicknames. TJ, I'm sorry, your dinosaur does not have a nickname. I thought Nick's dinosaur's nickname would be Littlefoot. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Wait, no, Littlefoot. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Littlefoot, though, was, was he a brontosaurus or was he a brachiosaurus? I have no idea. They all look the same to me. Okay, I'm going to have to think in Land Before it. Time. Um, You're talking about, yeah, Land Before Time, right? Yeah. Classic. I love Land Before Time. There were so many Land Before Times, so there's like 10 of them.
2: Or they maybe more. Yeah, he
1: is a... He, is, he is brontosaurus. a... Brontosaurus. brontosaurus? No, no, he's actually no, no. an
2: Apatosaurus, as we found oh, out. <laughs> oh, Apatosaurus. So, um, the things you learn the hard way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, I guess I'll, I'll go with mine, and, and I am going to take the one that you mentioned, uh, TJ the ankylosaurus. I think it's so nice. cool. I remember. I remember I had a ton of dinosaurs, yeah, as a kid, and or not, i din- not actual dinosaurs, I should say, uh, play figure dinosaurs, right? Uh, as a kid, and I remember one of them being an actual or an, uh, an ankylosaurus, and I'd always use it to fight off the T Rex in my own imagination, mind over here, but uh, it's super <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's got the armored plating on the top and the freaking club that it has basically as a tail. Like, you, you ain't messing with this dude. Um, unless you get him flipped over like a turtle, and then he's toast. But it's gonna be the ankylosaurus for me, See The the
0: ankylosaurus kind
1: of the armadillo, the armadillo
0: looks like it's evolved from the ankylosaurus. Yeah, or, yeah, I could see that. I could see right. that evolved is maybe a or too de-volved. kind of a word. Devolved, devolved, de-volved perhaps. <laughs> yeah, devolved so we don't get killed by an ankylosaurus in yeah. real life. It's like ostriches, right? Like not necessarily the evolution, but definitely the descendant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? When they're in danger, they stick their head in the sand. It's it's a perfectly logical Actually, evolutional step.
2: I think I just saw a video or something where it was like the the sticking the head in the sand thing is just like an urban myth. Someone said, and I was oh, like, really, really? I have, I have so, no
1: idea. To tell you the truth, well, I'm gonna have to YouTube it. Who do
0: I? Or or one of our listeners out there, let us know if you're studying uh, animals or in the environment, ostrich sticking their head in the sand is a real myth or or fact. I will say this. I was just typing into my search, like,
2: do they actually bury their heads? But the first thing that came up was, does ostrich meat taste good?
1: So (laughs) I guess that is a a relevant question to the populace. (laughs) I feel like it'll be a little gamey, but anyways, that's uh, (laughs) those are our favorite Dinosaurs uh let us know your favorite dinosaurs uh if there are other cooler dinosaurs which i'm sure there probably are send us a dm and email let us know yes that is our opening question though but we have to move on to
0: revealing the quote from last week ah from a dump so Didn't we did uh stranger things i know but volume one of season four yeah no i,
2: I ain't got nothing christian do you remember it <laughs> uh we chose to do a quote from Oh we did Gremlins. The, yeah. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> nice. Can do it.
2: Eureka. Eureka. Yeah, so we were we were doing the scene um at the end of uh, well close to the end of the movie where all the gremlins decide to go into the movie theater and they start watching Snow White and they love it and they sing along to it and <laughs> Billy and I I can't remember the other girl's name. Maybe it's Piper. I think. Uh, Kate. Um, Kate. Okay, I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Billy and Kate are looking through and they're like, what the heck are the gremlins doing? Uh, But we chose that because it's, uh, you know, something a little, quote, scarier. Um,
0: Gremlins running around killing people. That that was the main connection, right? Or am I missing something? The main connection, but this is something. My roommate started watching the new season of Stranger Things, so I watched more of it or watched it again, some of it uh, last night. In the video store, you can see uh, actually uh, a Gremlins. DHS for ones yeah. in it. So oh. just another connection in it along with the, it's the 80s. And 80s, kind of
1: scary-ish creature, you know, going for that vibe there. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I did not remember. Also, I realized that I, when TJ's like, yeah, do you remember it, Christian? And I'm shaking my head no. Um, this is yeah. a podcast, so I need to say something <laughs> instead of shaking my head, or no one will realize yeah. what's going on. Those here silence. But, uh, anyways, nice job on, on remembering the quote, guys. Christian was just giving me the bird. Don't worry, everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyways, that is the quote from last week. Uh, it's time now to play the quote for this week
1: The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around. Let them fight.
0: All right. That is the quote for this week. We will play it once again at the end of the podcast and reveal it at the beginning of the next episode. It's time to dive into our news for this week. Very brief, uh, very short. Uh, it's been announced with Taiki, Taika Watiti's Star Wars title that's going to be focusing on new characters, new planets, and
1: generally things we haven't seen in Star Wars up to this point. And this is kind of a thank goodness, I think, just because... You know, we've always, we've talked about this on several different episodes on things that we've wanted to see in the future for Star Wars, and we want to see new. We don't want just kind of the same thing in the same timeline or same Skywalker quote-unquote era, right? So this is uh this is good. This is good news. I, again, still a little unsure about Taika Waititi and him, like, directing the Star Wars role. I don't really want it to go too Thor-esque where they just make everything kind of a joke, even though it can be entertaining, right? It's like, this is a different realm. So, uh, hoping uh, there's hoping that this can be a positive thing in both aspects, where it still keeps to the you know the, the serious tone of Star Wars, while going into some new new territory, new characters, uh, which is really what we've been wanting to see for a while. Yeah,
2: I think if we if the the trailer opens up and it's uh, some sort of '80s, '60s, or '70s song in the background, then we know that stuff that Taika has not understood. <laughs> yeah, I will say I do think I think he does have a good understanding. Like Taika Waititi doesn't strike me as uh, like a dumb filmmaker by any stretch. I think he's really smart and clever. I just worry that if he actually has like you know the ability because the look and feel of Star Wars is such a big deal. And I mean, we're about to talk about Kenobi, and we see how. Uh, it just doesn't feel very Star Wars y um in a lot of ways. Um so it's really it's really difficult to capture George Lucas. Um George Lucas's uh vision and, and just ambiance, I guess. And I, I don't know if well, I don't know if anybody can do it at this point now, but <laughs> I don't know if I can
0: do <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to, to, to wait and see. Or maybe maybe Star Wars is already dead and we're just kind of uh What's the term? Feeding a dead cat or, no, beating a dead horse. There we go. <laughs> Maybe Star Wars is dead and we're just feeding a dead cat. Feeding a dead
1: cat. Come on, eat. 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 I've eat. never heard that one. but That is hilarious. I'm going to have to start using that one. I mean, there's some like feeding, works. beating horse cat kind of. Uh, it all comes is. around. That's hilarious. They'll love it. Yeah, But, but I will fact, say I'll go for so, it.
0: I, I was just going to say a, a boom mic is also sometimes called a dead cat oh. uh, in the film industry. I can't remember the exact reason, but I learned that a little bit ago. But, someone uh, just was a really
2: bad prank on someone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, anyways, yeah, sir, what, what were you saying, oh, TJ? Yeah.
2: So I liked, uh, I, I watched this one YouTube video and I really appreciated it with the guy. He would always say Disney Star Wars rather yeah, than just yeah, Star yeah, yeah. Wars. And I'm just like, you know, that's what we really should be calling it. We shouldn't call it Star Wars because that implies that it is uh, in the universe or should be in the universe. Like, let's call it Disney Star Wars. And some parts some Disney Star Wars should stay in Star Wars, Clone Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. maybe season one and two of Mando. Um, but after that, um, we're struggling. Oh, and Rogue One. No, I'll R- take Rogue yeah, One. I'll say. take Solo uh, with,
1: with the caveats. Take, man, but that's just so interesting to me that. There's things that have been done so well by Disney. And then other times I'm going off on a tangent here, but other times just not like Rogue One was phenomenal. Phenomenal. It was a plus, you know, and it really had the feel. And then just other things that we've gotten just have been, you know, dumpster fires. So yeah, just so weird how, how much on the spectrum Disney can be. Hopefully they can shift back to the, the spectrum that we want, the side of the spectrum that we want. So hopefully, but, anyways, that's our one news piece for this week.
0: It's time to, to move on to our next segment, talking about our TV shows. Um, do we want to talk about Kenobi first, or end on Kenobi and then go to Miss Marvel?
1: Let's end on let's end on Kenobi. Okay. Uh, uh, apologies to to to
2: to the listeners out there. I completely forgot to watch Miss Marvel. <laughs> Not gonna lie, which probably shows you you know my thoughts about says it. So something. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm going to put my headphones down, and we'll let Christian and Nate um, rag on it instead of me. (laughs) Or
0: Christian, just Christian, and maybe Nate likes it, who knows? (laughs) Yeah, so we're going to talk about Miss Marvel Episode 2. I remember what happened, but I also don't remember what happened. But uh, it's the... She get, She uses her powers, she gains some confidence, she trains. Sit. The one guy shows up that she's like, oh, love interest. Yeah. But then, turns out they might be related? Yeah. Question mark? <laughs> yeah, hard
1: to say. Uh, hard to say here. I know she's, <laughs> I mean, she saves a kid. Again, in, in this one, I mean, I I, I probably liked it a little bit better than episode, or no, I shouldn't say episode, but the first, or no, first episode. Of, no, first, the first episode, yeah. Whenever I think episode again, I just think Star Wars. So... I mean, it was better, though. For me, that's not saying a lot because it was at, at, at you know, ground level, the first episode was. So I think I liked this episode a little bit more. But it, again, just kind of uneventful. It didn't really feel like a ton was happening. Yeah, she was you know doing some training. And yeah, there was the quote unquote love interest who may or may not be related to her. We'll see. Right? <laughs> There's a little bit of intrigue on like who her great grandma was and how that ties into it. Um, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing, like the great grandma also had powers, and that's why the mom doesn't like to talk about her, and why she doesn't want her her daughter focusing on the the whole superhero thing, right? So uh, I, I, they're they're trying to foreshadow that a little bit, I think. And so that was intriguing, but yeah, I just didn't really feel like again a lot happened, and we're only given so many episodes, and so like, oh, if this was a if this was like a a long movie, it could work, or if this was a Again, a 12-season episode, or 12-episode 12 12 season, season, it could work, because it's like, okay, they're trying to build, but uh, we don't get a lot of time here, you know?
0: That is true. Um, something I, I do want to say, because going back to the mystery of the great-grandmother, because in the comics, Miss um, Marvel, she's an inhuman. She gets That's right. the, the Terrigen, That's Terrigen right. mist and then becomes uh, an inhuman. That's how she gets her powers. And I think we could be seeing something like that where it's kind of like the, the amulet kind of unlocks her inhuman powers. And obviously, I know we got Black Bolt and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So it's more open now. But I could definitely see them doing something like that where it's kind of like it, her family. Some of her family has inhuman blood in them and mm, it just takes something yeah. to unlock it. But I was also kind of thinking I kind of got this vibe uh, when. Uh, well, let's just I'm just going to look up the names. I don't know why. I'm I'm blanking on everybody's names. Oh, I'm blanking too. Let me look it up. Uh K- Cameron, there we go. I was Cameron. So Cameron, and when he shows up with uh his mom, I kinda got the vibe that they could be scrolls. That's what I was just feeling, you know? Ooh. Cause it kind of be like, you know, it seems like the the amument might be like some sort of Cree technology. So I feel like they could be scrolls, you know?
1: Oh, I could I could see that. This is what I was thinking actually. Um the the yeah is it an amulet I guess yeah but yeah it, it's uh very reminiscent of the rings the ten rings in Shang-Chi right mm-hmm. and if you I think if you look close when it glows it kind of looks like it's almost inside like there's some sort of ring technology like the ten rings so I would not be surprised if there's some connection there right and that's why really the first time yeah we have something that gives someone powers like in Shang-Chi and, and very similar here, though. Yeah, I think you're right, Nate. Spot on with the whole tie into the Inhumans. It's like that that has unlocked some other power inside of her because she's an Inhuman. So, uh, yeah, very interesting to see where they'll they'll go with this. Despite the fact that I didn't love the episode and how love the episode so far. Curious to see how it ties into everything. Mm-hmm. Something I
0: will say: I, I do think I really enjoy it. the styling, at least in the series with all the drawings. Like style is it cool. Feels- the, the style, I think, is really good, and especially when they went to the uh, Aide is what they called it, the, the giant festival okay. thing. I'm not sure what it was, but like you had like, oh, you're going to tackle these people and then the, the Like <laughs> That
1: was funny. <laughs> I, I think
0: I do really like the styling in it, and it feels like someone ha- added personality to this rather than it just being, oh, this is bland. Like we don't do anything creative with the cinematography or the, the look. So the styling is something I have enjoyed. Yeah, it, d- it has its
1: own personality
0: for sure. And then the other thing I wanted to say is just the people in damage control, like, what's their deal, you know? Like, first it was Spider-Man, but now it's just... Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and the, the one dude, he's just... the I don't, I don't I don't even know if he has a name, the government agent, but I just feel like he's just the worst. He's just like a lawyer that's, like, always turning your... He, he flatters you to turn your own words
1: against you, so then you go to jail, but... I don't know. Hopefully, hopeful, I feel like I want him to get murdered. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's, just, he's had some superhero trauma in his past that's causing him to... Uh, you know, go against and and try and, you know, I guess jail all these (laughs) superhero kids. I don't know. He's got, he's got some trauma there, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, I Yeah. I like that style. Like you're talking about. I really like it has its own personality for sure. Not to say that it's like my cup of tea still, but it's doing some, doing some unique things uh, though. I really want it to kind of pick up. I want something else to happen. Um, but I'm glad the second one second episode was a little bit better uh, than the first one for me. Cause the first one was just, ooh, it, w- it was tough to get through. So let's continue. Let's, let's see some improvement on the next episode as well. And then maybe I can be a little more happy. All right. That wraps up our thoughts
0: on Miss Marvel episode two, but it's time to dive into Kenobi episode five. What are your guys' thoughts? Um, I'm
2: back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess, I think in some ways it was the best one of all of them. Um, I still don't think it's good. Um, I had significant issues with it, but there were some things that I really did enjoy about it, mostly because of Vader whooping butt on, on, on Reva. I yes. <laughs> really enjoyed that. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm.
0: But to start us off, I, I want to say I did enjoy the flashback, even though I wish they, they kind of just showed it all in one. Yeah, I know too. it's supposed to be like parallel and right. story-wise, but like, I'd rather just see them fight all in one, but to, to see Hayden Christensen in the flesh, not as a a bald robot, man, I was like, Hey, like that, that had the nostalgia feels. I have to say. They need
1: to take off a couple more of those wrinkles. They needed a little more (laughs) de-aging there, right? They probably Mm -hmm. just used, uh, honestly, they probably just used some makeup and, and, and that's really all they did. I don't know. But because he definitely looked, you know, older, right? Yeah. So they kind of, they, they, they both did, I think. He was too old. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of, that threw me off. And I agree with Nate. I wish kind of the, the uh, flashback scene was one, just one scene from start to finish and not kind of, you know, cutting back and forth. But I, I understand what they were doing with the story. Though like, I really want to clone, man, I want to clone Wars. Uh, flashback, I want both of them fighting in the Clone Wars with the the clone armor. that's what I feel like I, I really want, but I, i'm I'm happy that we got to see some some Star Wars dueling between them two because lightsabers, you know that's what I'm all about
2: And the best lightsaber fight that we've gotten from anything <laughs> in oh, the sequels, I think yeah, I think so <laughs> yeah I will say because imagine if that had happened like instead of that the first uh, episode starting off with the whole recap of like obi-wan's life that just felt really weird and out of place where it's like why why are we recapping all the prequels we know this um imagine if it was just a scene like that but you know them in the clone wars like doing some totally ba thing and that yeah. was the start of the kenobi series we would have been flipping out you know that would have been and then they cut to later like and it's like oh man like like he wakes
1: up after him like i don't know yeah, that been so yeah I, I agree or honestly i think they even could have started off with this, the clip of them fighting. And then now I'd been like, Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with TJ. Whereas I like this episode the best for sure. I probably liked it a little more than he did. Uh, it, it's tough though. Cause mm, I, I want it just to like have this. Yeah. Have the feel of star Wars. And for whatever reason, it still feels like Disney star Wars. And, um, I like that. We got some more action. Obviously the stormtroopers trying to, you know, close in on, uh the quote uh, rebellion and, and in LB1 so we gotta see that and that was cool. And then uh obviously it was it was epic seeing Darth Vader use the force and stop the ship and just rip out, you know, the entire thing, showing his force ability and his his force power, which we don't always get to see as much on that level. So I really like that. And then when he just he just rips Reva to shreds, not physically, I should say, but just like in terms of you know, you're like a you're a pawn compared to me. You know, I'm, I'm the king, right? He didn't even have to use his lightsaber, but like, dude, come on! I'm I'm, I'm, go, I'm gonna I'm about to end end this whole man's career. <laughs> I'm about to end, end this whole man's career and end this Inquisitor's career. <laughs> and he should have. I don't know why he didn't do the Count Dooku. That's what I was blade. saying yeah. when I saw that. I'm like, right oh there. yeah, decapitation via light, double lightsaber. I'm like that would have been just epic and then he's like nah i'm just gonna stab you and let you come back to life i'm like no what are you doing
0: oh yeah it it seems to be the the fatal flaw with all the inquisitors it's like you stab them once in the chest you think they're dead no they're not not in the chest in the stomach in the stomach
2: (laughs) 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 specific everyone's getting stabbed in the stomach
1: (laughs) and no uh, I, i i'll go for it no it's like i understand the whole like oh it's the whole hate that you know, makes you strong and, and keeps you together and can do wonders for the will to live. Right. As, as mm-hmm. grand inquisitor says, but like, he doesn't need Reeve anymore. Right. Neither of them do. So why, why are they keeping her alive to, I don't know. There's, I just don't see really a point in it except for the story, except for the story creators purpose, but not for a star Wars purpose.
2: Right. And, and, and that's the thing with it is, is like, I think they could have done it in a way. I know they're just trying to keep her alive for whatever they're going to do. They could have done it in the sense that they're like, it's a humiliation tactic where it's like, True. like you're so lesser than us. Like, we don't even care about leaving you alive. But there, it wasn't said that. It was like, we're just going to leave you in the gutter. And it's like, well, but why? Like, this is, this is someone who could. Yeah, you guys are Sith. You guys are evil. You guys are supposed to kill. That's what I don't know. Yeah. And so I, I didn't like that as much. I also, here, something I didn't like with the, I, I liked how Vader had the, the control over like the ship or whatever, but I wish he had, um, it was way too fast, if that makes sense. Like, like the ship just away, and he just like you know just flicks his hand, and it happens. Yeah. And it's like okay, like like no one can do that. Like not Star Killer in a Force Unleashed, which
1: I think this is a reference to. No, he um, Star Killer stopped a Star Destroyer in in yeah, Force Unleashed. Yeah. yeah,
2: I know, but like it's like the whole. But when he does it, like it's this very slow, methodical process. So I just wish Vader had done a little more like. Like it had just been a little like it's starting to fly away. And then he like slow, like a really cool shot of him like slowly sticking out his hand and doing it. I think would have been a lot more powerful. And then also it was just a little too like, oh, what do you know? An empty ship that we didn't <laughs> well, know. Was that, what do you know? A
1: saber like,
2: dart. <laughs> like I would have liked it or something where like. There's the two ships and Vader like grabs both of them and is trying to hold on. And then one like they're both like shooting and then one is able to escape, but then he rips the other and just like destroys it. But you know, a bunch of people die. But yeah, that's yeah. the whole point, you know. Yeah. And cause this was a weird thing of it. I noticed only two rebel people die in the entire <laughs> one. And there's a random guy who a stormtrooper just shoots point blank. And <laughs> then yeah. Tala. And it was like Wait, really? Like Stormtroopers are really that... It was just really funny how many of them... Like that One guy that... Roku, what's his name? I keep calling him Roku. Roken? The leader of the rebel band or whatever? Uh, it's Roken, yeah. Roken. Roken, like... Obi-Wan's sitting there, like, dodging... Or bla- deflecting all these blasts. And then Roken jumps in front of him and just starts shooting. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, stand behind the guy with the lightsaber who's... Just, it, it was a very ridiculous fight, in my opinion. Which is one of the it reasons was. it
0: didn't feel very... Star Wars y. Something I did enjoy. I did enjoy Tala's death and also subsequently the death of her droid. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like even though Tala's on the there for a few episodes, I feel like she fits very well yeah. into like an Andor series or like Rogue One or like a rebel that's like, I'm willing just to die for the, the rebellion because it's the right thing to do. And so, like, while it doesn't emotionally hit super, super high, I, I think it's something that's well done. And uh, I don't know. Actually, I really like the power loader droid. Like, He's even cool. though it doesn't really speak the design of it and kind of just like that idea, kind of like a K2, mm-hmm. but less emotional. I was like, oh, like I, I felt sad when I'm like, oh, not the droid. And I was like, oh, OK, tell it. Hey, that's expected. But I'm like, not the droid. But <laughs> It's also kind of like <laughs> that. that is the point of a droid to, to die. But I felt like that was a, a good moment to be like some consequences. But yeah, a lot more people are like. I feel like Stormtrooper aim isn't usually this bad. You know? <laughs> it's like next, le-
1: it's like next level bad. I mean, we were able to see Kenobi use his lightsaber and deflect a lot, and it was kind of showing, you know, his confidence boost as he's becoming more familiar with the Force and in his old Jedi ways. So he was able to do a lot there, and I was happy to see that. Um, when I when Tala died I, uh, with the thermal detonator, I totally got the whole like thermal detonator vibes in Episode Six, right. and I think it just kind of shows, hey. Jabba might be better than than Riva because she's like, oh, crap, oh, no,
0: it's a thermal detonator. And
1: Jabba was like, she's like, I have a thermal detonator. Everyone freaks out. And Jabba's like, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, right? He's like not even phased by it, right? So okay, we got to give give Jabba some credit there. Credit um, you where your credit's due and, for Jabba.
2: Uh, I'll, if I'll, I'm if gonna, I could really hit on that taller point if you're about to change. No, yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. I know I'm with they, I think it was a good thing. I wish again, I just wish they had developed it more that with her and Obi-Wan having more of a connection where it was, she spoke to him like two times and was like, it takes time to heal Ben, but, but I guess it doesn't cause he can heal really fast. And the, there just wasn't <laughs> enough emotional connection to it, which again, if you just extend things out and make your, your 40 minute episodes, actually 40, 45 minute episodes, like you can develop those characters. And so that it means something when they die other than just like, ah. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Christian. No, no, I totally feel you there. I was jumping to the point uh that you were actually talking about before with the whole Darth Vader Force ship. I actually liked it when it was when he did it quicker because I think it showed how much more powerful he was, right? You think about Yoda and him lifting the X-wing, it was slow, right? Or you think about Star Killer and the star destroyer slow, right? This was boom, fast caught it, ripped it to shreds, I think showing that hey, he's Super powerful. It, it doesn't take him this time to really have to focus in and harness. He's like, no, I can, I can do this all day, you know, right? He's just very, very, very powerful. So I, I like that, and, and it, it reminds me of the line in Episode Four: is like the the
0: power to destroy a planet is insignificant compared to the power mm-hmm. of the Force, right? Mm-hmm. And you think it, it's just nice to, like you guys have mentioned the points you bring up. It's nice to see Vader at the height of his powers with all the rage and the anger do something that's yeah. cool and i kind of liked it being quicker too cuz it was like instead of like having this drawn out thing of like oh no we're we're not going to get away and then eventually get away it's like vader's like if you were in that ship you're done you're dead but they they had I, I think it was more of an escape pod ship tj that's why i think it's there
1: so it's part oh, of the right. other <laughs> ship <laughs> see if but, they had two if, if they did have two ships and there were people on one of them right and they all died which would have been tragic but i think it would have fit and showed like yeah yo, you know there's stakes here Uh, Darth Vader's brutal. Like, I think that would have fit pretty well.
2: And see, that's what happens in Rogue One, right? Remember, like, after Vader kills everybody in the hallway, (laughs) hallway, like, the Rebels are trying to escape. Some of the ships escape after getting the info, but then more Star Destroyers shove up and kill everybody else, and you just see Vader watching all of them die. And it's like, yeah, that's how it is. Like, sorry, Disney, we're not, like, making this kid friendly, which is, again, I think... Also, what you didn't see—you didn't see a lot of stormtroopers dying either. You saw a lot of dead bodies, but you didn't see people getting shot and stuff. And I'm kind of like, well, c- "Come on, like this isn't this isn't Clone Wars or Rebels where we expect you know a little less death. It's more <laughs> kid friendly. Like this is like Obi Wan. Like I want to see him stabbing he, stormtroopers. He did stab
1: one. I saw he that, and I, one. and I noticed it because I'm like, "Wow, there's a dead stormtrooper where the lightsaber went through him and not just like grazed his armor. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> And I, I was looking at this, and I think part of the reason why we're not getting the feel
2: as much uh this was all filmed in the same way as the Mandalorian, right yeah, and with the and this is something I noticed this is the first time I feel like I've actually really noticed cinematography like being bad in a way, um was I'm like, oh wow, this is just like the cut the the act the shots that they were doing where they were like zooming in and like somebody was like awkwardly like walking around a person's face and things like that with like Riva um but the thing with it is I'm like. Somebody mentioned it's like Lucas, you had like, it was kind of a big set piece or you were actually on location. And so you had this, this big feel that, and this authenticness to it, which you don't have in this, like when Vader and Obi-Wan fight, like that's clearly just on a set with the stuff in the background or this fight or a lot of these fights, you know, it's similar things. So it's, it's a lot more constrained instead of this big open, like Mustafar battle or Phantom Menace Naboo battle. And, and so we're, we're not getting that same. Same level of this. And
0: so it feels much less Star Warsy and more kind of more Disney-y, I yeah, think. That's yeah, that's a good point. And I think a little bit that also has to do with how the filmmaking is done necessarily rather than the technology. Because I think, especially when it comes to action in movies and things like that, A lot of times where it's kind of like, it's kind of like you run into the problem and be like, oh, we don't have people that can actually fight and do stuff. So we're just going to, it's like taken, we're just going to cut it up a bunch. (laughs) Yeah. so that like every punch (laughs) is a different cut (laughs) until the point you're like, I think I'm going to throw up. It's like Jason Bourne a little bit, but like that principle of like, sometimes you get so caught away of like cutting or like going to, oh, the next angle that you don't really get to see the the fluid fluid motion of it all. Yeah. Yeah, because hmm. I felt that a little bit with Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like, I enjoyed their fight and their, their talk, but there was some moments, i moments like, no, keep let this play out, yeah. let's see this more in this angle, and then you cut. And so I think that has to do more with the action of the filmmaking of choosing to make cuts a different time and going back and forth rather than seeing some things play out. And so that's what I would attribute to the more Disney Star Wars feel rather than the George Lucas feel, because, you know, in uh, at least the prequels, at least, like, everything it's super long drawn out memorized choreography kind of like not exactly one take but it's like you see all of it and you're like
1: whoa that's really cool that's also a really good point nate when you just have these kind of extended not extended scenes but just one one shot instead of all the different cutting yeah you get it gets a little jason Bourne esque obviously not as bad um nothing nothing as bad as the cuts from jason Bourne. though i enjoyed it in jason Bourne. Uh, I want yeah. <laughs> I want to bring up just one one point maybe to finish off here and that's just that's talking about just Riva and her her story and the whole thing where basically she was thinking she mm. was playing Vader and Vader's like actually I'm just playing you right pulled the whole Uno right. reverse card on her and got her good <laughs> so uh, I think I don't know I don't even remember if we predicted this or not or weren't exactly sure but it kind of it kind of makes sense where uh yeah, she wants to actually kill Vader, and that's kind of been the whole her whole thing the entire time, right? And she was she's mm-hmm. also pissed at Kenobi because you know Kenobi didn't come save you know save him, and and she thought Anakin was gonna come save him, and then Anakin you know kills everybody there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like I don't know, we we I feel like it was it was like a decent not twist. But like okay, like I felt okay about it. But again, I just didn't feel like it was carried out very well, and I just I didn't no. feel that like Riva really sold it, right? Um, and it, it was just tough for me to really believe and be like, oh yeah, this is this is this is what's happening, and she she was one of the younglings and and felt betrayed, and that's why she's doing these things. I just didn't feel like she really sold it in in that acting part, and and that was a little bit of a little bit of a bummer to me. And again, I just feel like this is kind of more of a Reva storyline and a little, little bit less about Kenobi. I feel like Kenobi has become again, kind of a side character in his own film or in his own uh, TV series.
2: Yeah, no, no, I, I would, I would a hundred percent agree with that. Cause cause I think the thing is they haven't really built up like who Reva is. as like, like this unbalanced kind of crazy character, like kill anybody to get get her way kind of thing. So then all of a sudden she's like super emotional. is like almost crying to Obi-Wan. Like I'm like, no, no, wait a minute here. Like, if you're really to kill, kill Vader and, like, do all these things, like, I don't feel like you would be this kind of emotional. Like, you can maybe have that scene, but it's not this I'm about to cry kind of thing. It's more of this hardened, like, he killed everyone. Like, I'm going to make him pay kind of thing. And so I just didn't think, to your point, I don't think she sold it. And kind of what they've done with her throughout the whole series hasn't made her someone that this makes a lot of sense for. Like, I think it would make sense had they done it right. Had they shown her to be maybe unbalanced, kind of crazy or something like that. And like you said, I, I, you know, Obi-Wan, well, Obi-Wan really hasn't had any character development. Like he has like, what a conversation with Tala. Um, and then all of a sudden he's like super nice to Leia. (laughs) Uh, He's like, I have all my force powers back. I can take on Vader now in episode six. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like episode one, the dude hadn't used the force or his lightsaber in years, then as soon as we get to, like, four and five, he's, like, almost back to... Normal. It's just it's just very inconsistent. They're not really focused on his growing. They're just trying to get him to fight Vader.
0: Yeah, and I think with Reva, like, I don't know, like, I think I mentioned in one of the earlier episodes, like, oh, I kind of feel like they're getting the vibe, but, like, maybe she's good, maybe she's not. Obviously, yeah. have, I guess it's it's a moral gray area, and that's where she operates, but For the most part, it doesn't, you don't really feel it as much. And it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like, oh, you're mad at Vader and you're mad at Kenobi. And so then you're just going to murder the rest of the galaxy just because you're mad at them. And it it just, it doesn't feel like there's, it really, you don't really feel like, I think, either that she was crazy compassionate or that she's crazy evil. It's just kind of like, she's kind of confused, but she's trying to be pretend evil so that she can get close to Vader. Just like Kylo Ren.
1: (laughs) A little bit, it's...
0: I think it's, it, there's, it just, it's like imposter syndrome in the sense totally. where it's like, like she doesn't know how she exactly feels or it's not really working and so we just feel confused or I don't think we feel fulfilled. And like, obviously, they're, they're planning on having her in episode six. which I'm like, she should... If, if you had Vader stab her, like, she should just yeah. be dead. But I think they have to, to heighten the drama. But hopefully, hopefully Obi-Wan kills her and Obi-Wan doesn't want to kill her but then Obi-Wan can kill her because she's going to be crazy. So hopefully hopefully she does die a death that's what I, that's for the most part, she won't, I, I think it's kind of like if you, i think she's just kind of forced and you're supposed to be this bridge to be like oh like have kenobi and mader v- meet have kenobi and vader meet and then she's the reason that kenobi can get away so that we can have more of a build up but i think her her character arc doesn't it doesn't really you don't really feel the emotional ties mm-hmm. behind it and it's more of a means to the end to get Vader to, to Kenobi instead of Vader showing up and immediately wrecking Kenobi like in episode 3. Yeah. yeah. No, and that and that's a great
2: point that really fits to what Christian says about, you know, her having a character or being more about her is as a villain you don't you don't need to see their arc. You just need to understand the motivation. But what they're really trying to do is maybe show that she's having this weird conflict and you're not really understanding the motivation. So it kind of seems like she's the main character. Whereas like Obi-Wan, we get, you know, much less of that conflict as well. And so we're not seeing really arcs for anybody, but more arc for Reva than we think maybe there should be.
1: And so it's just this really confusing, like,
2: well, who's the protagonist (laughs) here? It's just,
1: again, it's, it's almost, it's a Star Wars story talking about everyone, right? When they should be. Focused on one person, you know, when everyone's super, no one is right, and so there, there's yeah. really, there's no focus here. Um, and my worry, you guys have you guys have nailed it, I think. Um, and my worry here is, yeah, that they won't kill Riva, um, which so they're going to you know, try to just a spin kind of off. whole like Disney Star Wars move, right? Though I, I I really hope that she she does die at the hands of Kenobi. If they do kill her, I don't think it'll be at the hands of Kenobi, though. I think it'll be at the hands of Darth Vader she'll go, she'll fight Kenobi, they'll duke it out, they'll chat, and then we'll be like, no, we need to stop Anakin, right? And then they'll fight Anakin, <laughs> and then they won't win, <laughs> and Vader will escape, excuse me, Kenobi will escape, and then Reva will sacrifice her life to kind of save him, and, and Vader him will be like, now I get to decapitate you like I did Dooku, you know? Um, but and it may, might not work out like that at all, but that was kind of my, my thought on how they'll finish off episode six? I
2: will say, uh, kudos to Disney for you know still finding ways to make Leia useful in uh, <laughs> <laughs> this episode. They're like, shoot, uh-huh. we've like made her a really big character, but she's not going to have anything to do in this episode. Let's make a really small crevice that only she can get into. If you kind of look at it, I'm sure somebody could stick their upper body in there and do it.
1: But oh, whatever man. you got
2: to do to keep your bad screenwriting choices. That's freaking
1: funny. It's so true. So Disney did do a good job at that.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. All right. That wraps up our thoughts on Kenobi episode five. It's time now to dive into our topic. We watched the, the third and I think probably the last Jurassic World movie.
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched this with TJ, actually. And yeah. TJ's like... Well, you enjoyed it more than I, I did. I did enjoy it more than TJ. TJ was like laughing in the theater. And I'm like, dude, chill, man. There's like other people here. We don't want them all staring at us while we're at the theater. I mean, and sorry. He's laughing at parts you're not supposed to be laughing at. TJ's laughing with the choices of, of, of lines and acting and just overall scenes. I'm like, and dude, what are you doing, was... man? Um, this is a uh, fun much.
0: fact. When I saw this, I uh, the fire alarm went off in the movie theater. <laughs>
2: Shoot. Save us. Was it
0: part of yes. the thing for the, like, the ambiance? They just were trying to get you scared? Or
1: they were trying to save <laughs> no, you from the movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh we all went out and they're like hey it was a malfunction you're good to go back in and then they restarted the movie but it was kind of like the movie kept playing and it was at the beginning scene where chris pratt is trying to herd uh one of the yeah. animals and oh, then he goes yeah. to hook this rope to the horse and then it just cut <laughs> off because they were restarting and you're it. like <gasps> <laughs> oh that's yeah fun. No, so but, uh sorry
2: sorry sorry to christian and everybody else in the theater it was like it was It was a lot like Morbius for me. This movie was uh, better than Morbius, significantly. But there are just (laughs) definite moments where I was just like, I just couldn't help it. I'm like, oh my
1: goodness, really? See, I'm not going to say it's better than Morbius (laughs) because Morbius, like, you kind of knew it was coming, right? And you're just kind of like, okay, there's going to be some cheesy, funny things. This one, I just had a, I didn't think it was going to, I don't know, I didn't think it was going to go this route. And so it just... Oh, so you, you liked it less than Morbius? Um... No, I shouldn't say less than Morbius, but like the whole, yeah, the whole TJ's whole laughing out loud thing. Oh, the laughing! Right. Much I'm like, out. Oh, well, I see. Yeah, it kind of makes sense to laugh out loud at Morbius, and it's okay, right? It's Morbin time, right? It's okay, but like Dr- yep. Jurassic World <laughs> didn't feel like it. It, it, it should be that's that true. way, right? I feel like just kind of we'll uh, will do we can do a little we'll do a little summary here about that Nate, before we jump into it. Yeah, yeah. I played my hand again. <laughs> uh. I, I, yeah, so for the summary, basically, it's several years after the, all of the dinosaurs have escaped from the not only the island, but the house where they were be au- auctioning off, where the dinosaurs were auctioned off at, right, in California. They now live amongst the people, right, and they're kind of part of the environment, um, and uh, then all of a sudden you get these kind of grasshoppers that are now... Uh, excuse me locusts that are now kind of destroying all the cornfields and they might now destroy the entire world right and that's kind of the whole the whole threat of this last uh, this last movie here and so uh chris pratt and gang have to go figure out where these locusts are coming from how to how to stop them and then there's some dinosaurs that are involved as they try and stop whoever has created these locusts or tr- try to stop the locusts in general from kind of destroying the world. How's yeah. that? I mean, that. Yeah, oh, no, 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 I, I think, think that's that
0: good. I think starting off with that first point, something I didn't like. I didn't like how immediately everyone's like, dinosaurs are a part of life now and we're cool with that. Or it was, it was kind of like, <laughs> I felt like the, the in- integration of dinosaurs was really fast. Granted, I did think it was really funny when it showed those polls of what everyone wants to do and the highest is just <laughs> kill them. <laughs> I, I thought that was kind of funny. But, um, I didn't like how everyone seemed to be like, dinosaurs are here and this is normal now. And it's kind of like, I feel like more people would be running scared, but it feels like everyone's like, oh yeah, you just walk next to a dinosaur every day. Like that to me felt a little like, I know it's been four years, but it's like, I don't think overnight if dinosaurs got thrown into a society that people would be okay with it. Like, or I after feel four like years. It, yeah, it, it, that felt a little bit rushed If everyone's like, yeah, dinosaurs, we're chill with this. I'm like, no, like no one would go camping again. And that was something. <laughs> another thing I found funny was there's the T-Rex going at the the RV and I'm like, yeah, no one would ever want to be outside because it's like I could die. It's like I could die, I have like a 70 percent
1: chance of dying if I go out mm-hmm. in the middle of the woods." It also felt like there was like a ton of dinosaurs all of a sudden. I'm like. Whoa! Yeah, those dinosaurs they got busy. They were they <laughs> were just multiplying like bunnies, right? It was it was crazy. I mean, there wasn't that many dinosaurs that were being auctioned off, and now all of a sudden they are prevalent uh, everywhere. Now, yes, I don't know. It felt a little little funny to me, but yeah, Nate, you nailed it. No one would be going outside if there was freaking velociraptors <laughs> and and T rexes and mutations of such uh, running around everywhere. Just that didn't make sense. I also got to
2: say uh, this was pointed out in, in the pitch meeting uh, that I watched on YouTube for this, but it was like, you know, it starts off like dinosaurs and like the world's kind of trying to figure it out. And then at the movie, end of the movie, it's like, but now everyone's okay with dinosaurs. And it's like, wait, how did the events of the film like help that happen? It's like, Oh, it didn't. It, it just happened in the background. Everybody became okay with <laughs> that. And you're like, Oh yeah, that that's a good point. Like nothing that happens in the movie has anything to do with people's
1: opinions on dinosaurs changing. <laughs> nah, nah, and, I think actually the movie started strong. I was, I was intrigued yeah, and I enjoyed I the first act uh, or first and second act. I'm not, I'm not sure how many acts this is split yeah. into, but the first half of the movie, I, I think I enjoyed and I would, I felt, yeah, I felt like there was some intrigue uh, of what was going on. The, the action sequences, just how we've kind of seen dinosaurs in different areas of the world. Like I'm like, Oh yeah, this kind of fits and it, it works out. And then, the second half of the film, it just was kind of like, wait, what? It did like a full, full, like 180 turnaround, went in this different direction, it didn't really make sense, didn't have a great feel, and it just was long. And I'm like, when is this going to be over? Like, what is happening, you know? For me,
0: I enjoyed up until everyone got together, but then once everyone got together, I'm like, yeah, I'm bored now. It was kind of like the, you build up for them to get together, but then after that, all the suspense and action was just meh. But up to that point, like, I felt like the action sequences and the chases, like, I was entertained until that kind of, I think, last part when everyone's together, because it's like, okay, now we just got to get out. And it didn't it didn't feel suspenseful at all. I was like, oh, no, they're not going to make it out. I'm like, they're going to be fine. <laughs> when everyone's fine. a main character, like, oh, no, which of the <laughs> main characters is going <laughs> to Ramsey, get eaten? I could have sworn the the Ramses was going to get eaten. I know. Like, I thought oh, he, he was, he could too. die. Or the pilot. Oh, actually, the pilot, they needed the pilot to get out of there, but... I'm like somebody. Somebody will get eaten, but no nope, one got no eaten. No
2: <laughs> I, I um, I have thoughts on the pilot uh, a little later, but I just to set to that point of like the first act being different from the second act. I think the issue is just like uh, most of the Jurassic um, Park movies, except you know Jurassic World two, but Jurassic World one as well, and then the first three are all about them getting stuck with dinosaurs, trying to get off the island, and there's like always a main like dinosaur villain, you know, and the first one's Velociraptors. Second one, yeah, it's the T-Rex. Jurassic World, it's Indominus Rex, you know. Um, Whereas in this one, um, it's very different in the sense that, oh, there's not like a main dinosaur villain Mm -hmm. that you're trying to escape, you know. There's not a bad one. We're just trying to show Mm -hmm. dinosaurs in the real world. And so in the first half, you're like, oh, this is really interesting. Like, how are humans interacting with dinosaurs? And oh, of course, you have the black market. And oh, shoot, you're running through the streets and the dinosaurs are coming after you. But then the second half, they try and go back to the original formula where it's, oh, shoot, now we're stuck in the dinosaur preserve and we got to yeah. survive. And it just was such a shift that it it didn't work because we were we wanted to see dinosaurs in the real world and them having to deal with that. But instead we got, actually, we're going back to the reserve, we're going back to the roots, but they hadn't established that. So that's why I think it fell flat the second yeah, half. Yeah, they didn't really pick a side.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. That, that's a really good point. And I, I think, honestly, probably... When they were in, was it Malta? Where I think they were I, at. I, I yeah, kind of Malta. Uh Malta. Uh, the clone girl, what's her name? Millie? Mally? Maisie. Maisie, <laughs> there we go. Minute <laughs> uh, like that, <laughs> that whole chase sequence, I think, with the raptors is probably the best chase sequence. Yeah. It's, it, it's dinosaurs in a new environment. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, they're with buildings. This doesn't happen. And I felt like that was the, the most engaging action sequence out of my opinion was that whole scene of them Get having to get to the plane which I I found
1: pretty compelling or entertaining action wise. Yo and Chris Pratt man he is like masterful on a motorbike he can do do anything (laughs) man. like Tom Cruise he really is (laughs) at at any point I'm like oh they're gonna get him boom but he shifts just at the last second and that happened like four or five times I'm like dang this dude is this dude is good he needs to be in like BMX or something like that but uh, (laughs) yeah uh, uh, I I, except for that kind of first half, I even felt like one of the big reasons why Jurassic World has been so successful was because of Chris Pratt and because of the personality that he brought to the character, the personality that he brought to the movie. And I just really didn't feel like we got that at all. Right? No. Uh, he didn't even have that many lines. The lines he did have were, were pretty stale. And it was just like, wait, this, is the, this, is, this guy's the star of the show. Why aren't we focusing on him and his, his interaction? I mean, there were some interactions obviously with the dinosaurs and him, but it it just like, I felt like they didn't capitalize on his character at all and and him as an actor. And I'm just like, wait, half the reason people are here is to watch Chris Pratt be funny and have a good time with the dinosaurs. And it just didn't have that at all. I'll say it this way. Um, This really felt like Disney Jurassic
2: Park. (laughs) If that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) like it was they they had something really good they kind of botched it they didn't really know what they were doing and they were just relying on nostalgia and um what is it cameos but not cameos just bringing back old characters to make it all and to your point christian they focus so much on the other characters that it's like the main characters of the Jurassic world series got completely sidelined. And should I say Dr. Alan Grant, like the main character of the very first Jurassic park got super sidelined. That actually really ticked me off because I think he's a fantastic character. He's cool Cool. in Jurassic park. And in this one, Mm -hmm. he's just kind of an idiot. Yeah. Like Ellie does everything. And you know, Ellie's awesome. You know, no problem with Ellie, but it's just like, he doesn't do anything because you have your big man saving the day with Chris Pratt. And so it's like, this doesn't. It just doesn't work. It falls flat. When everyone's
0: a main character, no one is. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'll I'll agree with that. Alan Grant could have been u- more utilized, but for the most part, maybe maybe this was just the nostalgia got to me. But I just kind of felt like with uh, you know Jeff Goldblum and uh, Jeff Goldblum was funny. W- w- yeah, Lauren Davis. Uh, I, I, Davis. Uh, why am I? What is what uh, is. Ellie, what's the actor's name that plays Ellie? Isn't it Laura yep. Laura Dern? There we Dern. go. Laura Dern. And uh, man, I'm blanking on everyone's name today, but I felt like them three have so much more chemistry than Chris Pratt and da- Bryce Dallas Howard and whoever the third person is. Like, yeah. I just kind of <laughs> felt like I was, I know that there's a little bit of nostalgia for me, but I just felt like the three of them together were a lot more entertaining than probably Chris Pratt where Bryce Dallas Howard has been in all of Jurassic World. And so for Ooh. me, I kind of found it more entertaining when we were following them because I'm like, yeah, like I like Chris Pratt, but I'm like, I feel like you don't have like, you and Bryce Dallas Howard don't really have like chemistry or like the 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 same the same just kind of feel that I felt like the original actors have. And like immediately when Jeff they all got together with Jeff Goldblum again, I'm like, yeah, I, just how much Alan Grant hated Jeff Goldblum and Malcolm. <laughs> I'm like, yes, he hated him so much, yeah, and yeah. I, I love that yeah. dynamic. And I do think. Jeff Goldblum. I think he had the best lines in this because it was just kind of him being him. <laughs> he yeah, was, he actually wasn't acting.
1: He was just being himself. <laughs> yeah. I'm like,
0: this was this <laughs> Was he <laughs>
1: that ridiculous in the in the Jurassic Parks, though? No, see, he was not see, that I think, I think he I think he was uh, no, I just I
2: watched the Jurassic Park recently. He's he's goofy, but, but he wasn't that this goofy. Is,
1: he is another lady. Like yeah, went a little more eccentric and just really was playing himself. So I didn't love that part as much. I'm like, oh, that wasn't quite the Jeff Goldblum that we saw in the jurassic park uh so yeah that that was a a little bit of a a little bit of a bummer but uh yeah i i can see what you're saying tj when you were talking about you know alan grant not having as much of a role because they're focusing on a different star character or or trying to focus on a different star character and chris pratt though i didn't feel like they did that either so again it just kind of left everything uh everything just kind of uh just kind of meh
2: and to your point, Nate, I, I think there is a lot more chemistry with the latter three just because the first three, there's no relationship between, you know, uh, with uh, Owen and, um, you know what the and Claire, Claire and like and the third character because the third character just randomly shows up. But then there's no conflict between Owen and Claire at all. You know, in the first one, Jurassic World, they have that beef a little bit which, where which she's makes like it funny, which makes it mm-hmm. funny, makes it entertaining. But then like in the latter two and then especially this one, there isn't that like they're just like, oh, we don't have any problems with each other. Like we're just concerned parents. And so it's not very entertaining when there's no conflict, which is,
0: you know, sad to say, but (laughs) yeah. Uh, Switching gears a little bit. Something I have noticed about every Jurassic world movie. There's always some big bad government guy (laughs) that always gets eaten by a dinosaur. Yeah. And uh, this time it was it was Spider Man's dad, Andrew Garfield's dad. That's, That's who he actress. was. Oh, That's right. who it is. Because immediately I saw him, and I'm like, wait, where is he? So I looked him up. I'm like, oh, Amazing Spider Man. So this this is this is what happened to Peter Parker's dad. Is he tried to run a, a corporation with
1: dinosaurs, and then the dinosaurs betrayed him? <laughs> and <wife>. He never <laughs> yep. made it back. That was the whole secret. But the whole secret he was guarding the entire time makes a lot more sense now. From a Oscorp. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, if he rearranged the, the
2: letters of Oscorp, it spells Biosins.
0: <laughs> 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 but I, I felt like he was he was just terrible. Just a terrible villain. Like, he wasn't even yeah. crazy. He wasn't even like, I want to cure the world. He just like, I just want money. And that's about it. And he was awkward about it. And then he dies. Uh, I think it's supposed to parallel Ste- how uh, the, the one guy dies in the first one by the... What are those dinosaurs called with like the neck things that spit poison? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't oh. remember what they're called. Yeah, but the the guy that screws over the first Jurassic Park, yeah. that's how he dies. So I think it's supposed to be a yeah, callback it to that. It definitely is. He was just yeah, he was just super weak, very, very flat, very flat. Didn't even care when he got portrayed at all. He was just like He's whatever. Like, wait, wait. like it, it was you. Oh, okay, well I'm gonna leave. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, what? exactly. <laughs> Well, and
2: I don't think was, they even established that he even wanted money. It was it was just like Henry he's like Henry like we're doing this together and he wasn't like it, it, there was no idea what there was no clear reason what he was doing for anything, you know. It wasn't like I don't know. Not very good. Not a very good villain. Didn't hate him, didn't care for him. Knew he was going to get eaten at the end.
1: Yeah, it was that, that was do, a given. Uh, do you do you guys remember watching just that trailer that came out a couple of years ago? That was for Jurassic World, you know, for Jurassic World Dominion, like where you have the people that are camping, right? And they're in the RV and then like a dinosaur comes, right? And everyone scatters. And do you oh, guys, do you guys yeah. remember that? It's like a 10 minute clip.
0: I don't, you don't remember. Yeah, it? That was
1: like just right before COVID. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to send it to you, Nate. But if you watch that, it made it seem like there was going to be right this big build up to this movie and this movie was just going to be just massive and epic right because this 10 minute it was yeah it was like a 10 minute long extended trailer mini movie of jurassic world right it didn't have any of the jurassic world you know characters it was just some side characters but they brought in you know a dinosaur that invades this camp and it's very suspenseful and you're like oh man what is going to happen and it like it hyped me up so much for the movie and that 10 minutes was better than this entire movie. (laughs) <laughs> which was really, really disappointing. I just felt like it's been a couple years since we'd had, you know, the second movie. This is Jurassic world. I, mean, I just felt like it was going to be this big thing and it really wasn't. And it was so, uh, just a, a, a massive letdown. I think of really what could have been, I just want to bring that up because I, I thought this 10 minute trailer that I'd seen was actually better than, than this movie. You yeah, know,
0: I, I think you bring up a good point because I think the core roots of Jurassic Park is you have some characters that you like, but the core, I think, appeal to Jurassic Park besides the all of like, oh, dinosaurs, it's the suspense of how are they going to get out of this? Because I think for all of us, or at least for me, the raptor scene in the kitchen in the first Jurassic Park, I think is one of my favorite scenes of suspense of all time because you're like, you're, you don't know how they're going to get out of it in the kids. And it's very creative in my opinion. But I think what is completely lacking in this movie, like I agree with TJ, it completely coasts off nostalgia alone of there's not really suspense. You don't feel like, oh, these characters are not going to make it out of it. You don't really have a big bad dinosaur villain. I think something that they, they tried to do in all the Jurassic World films is have like this moment or in Jurassic Park is you have this moment of awe where you get to see the dinosaurs and you're like, that's a dinosaur. That's cool. I felt that a little bit because, you know, dinos- I think dinosaurs are cool. They're just cool. But I think for for the most part with the Jurassic World series, because there was I think the the first one Jurassic World there's some suspense. But the reason I think Jurassic World kind of holds up more is you have a sick fight between the Indominus Rex, a T Rex, the Velociraptor, and then the giant uh, the sea fish yeah. one. That like that whole battle, you're like that is cool action. And I think that's what they they tried to deliver on more in these Jurassic World series is maybe we don't have the characters as much or that suspense, but we're going to give you some sick dinosaur action. But that's only really happened in the first Jurassic World. Like, I know they had the thing at the end that wasn't really a fight, though. Like, you need to have either, I think, a really good suspense scene that draws the audience in or you need to have a sick dinosaur v. dinosaur fight where you're like, oh, that's a sick fight. And to be honest, this one had neither of them. And it's more of, I think, a generic action film of, oh, we're just going to go from set piece to set piece, which I think can be entertaining in its own right, but kind of lacks those core roots of suspense or awe or dinosaurs fighting dinosaurs. That I think we've come to love about Jurassic Park. No, and, and that's a perfect characterization,
2: Nate, is I think to me that's the difference between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World series is Jurassic Park is survival, suspense, scary, whereas Jurassic World is... Uh, fun, action, danger. And there really isn't... But then they tried to do both here in this movie. And there's really not any suspense because there's no stakes. We know they're not going to kill off anybody. Um, And then... Actually, that's just the main problem with this movie. Three people get eaten on screen by a dinosaur.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was about four, to say, not know.
2: many people get eaten. It's, it's very, very <laughs> few people getting eaten. So it's four because it's the... In the... In the whatchamacallit, in, in the, like the, the black marketplace, one random guy gets eaten. Then the, the main villain who kidnapped Maisie gets eaten. Then as Chris Pat is driving around, some random poor bystander on a scooter gets eaten. And then the bad yeah. guy gets eaten. Like I'm like, come on, this is dinosaurs. And so I think this is the hard part is when, uh, a good way of saying it, when you make the sacred profane. So when dinosaurs are everywhere and you show a ton of dinosaurs in your you know the very first clip, You can't have that shock factor. You can't have that on. You can't have that suspense. And so you have to take it a different direction. Um, And I don't think this movie delivered on that different direction. And personally, I like the first direction. I don't like dinosaurs being so commonplace. But uh, as far as a movie standpoint goes, I don't think they delivered on the second part.
1: So I posted on on the Instagram page this past week uh, talking about Jurassic Park. And actually, in Jurassic Park, I can't remember... Which one it was? It might have just been the first one. There was only like 15 minutes of actual dinosaurs, right? So which is like good, like good and bad. Right? You're like, oh man, I wish I could see more dinosaurs, but at the same time, you're like, well, you don't want to see too much because yeah, then you lose that shock factor, right? So that's kind of kind of what they did here. I think a little bit. I would say though, if you give really good dinosaur scenes, then it's okay to have. It's okay to have more. Like half the reason we're always hating on like the Godzilla stuff, Godzilla movies, is because we don't get enough Godzilla and they're way too focused on the humans. And we're like, Oh my gosh, this is terrible. Right? So I, <laughs> check out our podcast yeah, we on, got on, on Godzilla and Kong and all that. So, I mean, I, I can understand that, that whole play, but it just felt like, yeah, those, the dinosaur scenes just weren't as, uh, weren't as fulfilling. And And, and I know that too, we talked about, uh, they didn't really have like a big bad in this one. And they, they were kind of trying to make it the gigantosaurus or whatever. And yeah, I don't know, mm. it just didn't quite fit. And, and was I happy that the T-Rex won at the end? Of course, right? Because I, everyone likes the T-Rex. T-Rex is cool. He's a staple T-rex. dinosaur. Yeah. Um, but it was a little weird with, with that dinosaur and um, the, this other dinosaur that I can't pronounce, like uh, Theranosaurus, or there is Yeah, it Xenaurus, came out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I can't say it. it. It literally came out of nowhere to be like, hey, l- let's yo, yo, stab yo. the Gigasaurus. because it's, like- it's like, wait. Wait, what? <laughs> so <laughs> the
0: T the, the Rex struck a deal so that he could become the only apex. Yeah, predator. And then it like
2: screams, and then the Theranosaurus just like kills him too. <laughs> it's
0: like, <laughs> nice.
1: But we call him the Wolverine dinosaur. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just uh, some, other, some other thoughts uh, that I had there. It's like, uh, just, does that really fit? Does it work? But uh, yeah, just could have some some better, some cooler dinosaur scenes to really make it no, uh, like remember- yeah, or rememberable. That's not a word memorable Memorable. (laughs) my remember
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think for me i was kind of checked out at the point where the plot didn't matter as much because for me i didn't really hate this like i want to say i was entertained for the most part of it to me it kind of was just an action flick and then you had some nostalgia and i'm like that's probably as good as this probably could have been you know like I don't really see a version of this from, oh, they did that and they could have done this. It would have been so much better. But it's just kind of like, it's kind of died out to the point where I'm like, just don't crap on <laughs> yeah. it and then walk away. <laughs> and I don't felt, like they, they, felt like they took a dump on it and you're like, well, that's nasty. It's more like, okay, you kind of just sizzled out, but I'm yeah, okay with that. It
1: did sizzle out. And I, I'm going to say the same thing with Nate there is even though I'm, I've been just kind of not ragging on it, but it expressed my disappointment with the movie that I was still like entertained enough, at least for the first half, the second half. No, it, it didn't work. And, uh, but it wasn't so like, so, so disappointing. Cause, uh, out of the theater that I was like, Oh my gosh, they could have done this and this and this. I was hoping for, for better. And it wasn't. Um, but there was still an entertainment factor for me where I wasn't like, Oh man, I just, just hate it. No, it, I didn't have that.
2: I think it's hard for me. Cause just, uh, I'd only seen the Jurassic park that original once like when I was a teenager and then but then last year I just saw it again um, and we actually got, like rented out a movie theater like a screen to watch it and after I watched that again I'm like oh my gosh this this movie is this iconic it's on another level even now like just how well it's done and so so since then I've become much more of a purist about it and that's why I'm like a little like a little more hurt by it I I suppose but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I knew what I was getting into, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> and so, okay, can I really quickly just say, talk about the pilot? The pilot had, what? <laughs> like, there was nothing to It's like, I'm a bad person. You want to be a good guy? Yeah. Wait, why are you a good guy? I'm not going to tell you
0: that. I'm just
2: a good guy. And it's like,
0: okay. And was, like, yeah. And then she was like, oh, I saw your daughter. Could have done something, but did it. Was just she was a means to totally. an end to be like, I have, I'll literally take you to the next set piece. That's <laughs> yes, the only reason I can I'm fly here. a plane. Yeah,
1: that was just kind of like, wait, just kind of a what? Like, what is this character? Yeah, it was a means to an end moment of you got a plane, cool. And it was also like that
0: whole scene when after her and Chris Pratt, they cl- crash the plane and then they're underneath the ice. Like, I'm no like, problem. you need to freak out more. Like you would not be no. calm after almost falling into the ice and getting eaten underwater. Cause that's like, that's like the double whammy right there. You're drowning and then you're getting <laughs> part, like, and it's icy, like, totally. like you would not be okay after that. Like no matter how many times you've been chased by dinosaurs, like you need to freak out more, but they're both like, how are you doing? you are like we're fine. And I'm like, no, you're not fine. (laughs) I thought it was so funny. It's like, it's like, you're going to have
2: to eject. You have the best chance of finding her. It's like, and this was in the pitch meeting. It's like, but you're, oh, and aren't you the one that has like all this dinosaur training and like, you've survived all these things. It's like, yeah, but it can only be you. And then you shoot her out. And then it's like, and then it's a plane crash. It's like, oh no, so they died. It's like, well, no, they're fine. It's just a plane crash. And it's like, well, then why did we send out a clay? It's am just like, uh, like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. It didn't um, work. I just think of one last criticism and I promise like this will be my last one. Then we can do ratings or whatever. Um, I hate it when they treat dinosaurs as humans, you know, like, sorry, but blue is blue. Blue does not, blue does not like have affinity towards you. Like, yeah, you've like trained her and whatnot, but if her child is gone, that thing is going to go, uh, mama bear, she's going to eat you. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. there's none of this, like, but there's all, there's all these things in the movie where I feel like they had this double standard where it's like, you look at the dinosaur and you're like, we understand, like you can understand me dinosaur. And then other times the dinosaurs are just eating, (laughs) like going like savages. And I'm like, okay, you can't have both. Like, Dinosaurs are animals. You need to treat them like animals. You can't treat them like humans whenever you want to. And and I just I don't know. I guess I would have been team kill the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> just because I'm like I'm sorry. Like
1: they're eating people. We cannot coexist. Not and legally. they're man made <laughs> creations, right? Yeah, they they're not the OG dinosaurs. Right. They were just, they were created from dudes that wanted money. So it's like uh, you really need, really need them around. And I t- honestly, I totally forgot about the whole blue storyline. It was. Kind of it just again just kinda it's put in there to I don't know, bring you back to the first one. I don't know. Basically.
0: The the whole clone thing and genetics and then even like the locusts. Okay, the locusts I thought were like kind of creepy. I'm like I was unsettled by the bugs. I'm like, I'm glad the whole movie's not about bugs, but for the most part, like I really just really wasn't there for the plot. I'm like, oh, I don't really care. Just show me some dinosaurs eating people. (laughs) They didn't show me enough of that, but I didn't hate it. So it was just kinda it was more like we need something to fill in this line that we put in a clone, a human clone in this movie. And you're like, uh, okay, I'm not sure why we needed a do human clone, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Here we go, yeah. Rating time, I think. All right. Yeah, time to dive into ratings. I guess I can start. Um, I'm just going to give this a 5 out of
2: 10. Like, it's entertaining enough. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, you get to see some dinosaurs and that's cool or whatever. But I definitely wouldn't spend money on it. Shout out to Christian for getting free tickets for us Mm -hmm. so that I didn't have to pay. Um, But yeah, I I wouldn't spend money on it. And if you are looking for things like if you're looking, you know, late night, Saturday night, like, yeah, like watch some dinosaurs. But I'd even watch one. I'd rather watch Jurassic World than this one, because at least people get eaten there. And, you know,
1: (laughs) that's all we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just a long movie for me. Oh, yeah. I'm really on that same line. It's probably like a two and a half stars, you know, where I really like to see the dinosaurs or like uh, the, the CGI. The, the, this kind of story really just lacked. And after about like two hours, I'm like, okay, this needs to wrap up. So I'd maybe watch the watch the first half and then just read the second half and you'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, I'll, I'll give
0: it a probably. Like I said, I was entertained by it. I didn't hate it, obviously. It's not great, but like I, I was entertained enough and that's all I really needed. Could have had some more dinosaurs eating people. That would have been better, but... For the most part, too, like, I don't think they ever need to make any Jurassic thing ever again. No. Like, there, there's, literally, there's literally nothing else you could do. No other way you could take it. It's just, it's done. And it's like... Until Disney anything buys Anything else. It. <laughs> but, like, it, I kind of feel like this is... I'm fine with this wrap-up. You know, you get your nostalgia. You get your original characters. People coexist with dinosaurs. Everything's happy. Like, we don't need anything else from this. And it's like... The original is always going to be great. And that's what, and we'll probably come back and watch. You watch Jurassic World because it has some good action. But after that, I think Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, it's a wrap, personally. I think we never
1: need anything from it again. Or they could have mind control and create a dinosaur army that has to face off against the humans. Actually, that's what what I was hoping for, (laughs) but I didn't quite get that. Yeah. Or better yet,
0: two mind-controlled dinosaur armies
1: fighting
2: Fight each, each other. other. <laughs> yes,
0: there we go. And you you take it from the dinosaurs' perspective, and you go into their <laughs> thoughts. And the humans and are the savages. And it, oh, that's actually that is the next
2: step, Nate. You're right. Like dinosaurs become <laughs> sentient, and humans are the bad guys. That's logically yeah, it, the progression that this kind of continuation <laughs> would
0: go. <laughs> Yeah, I was kind of getting, you know, Planet of the Apes vibes where I'm like, you know, usually this shouldn't work out, but they made it work out, but <laughs> that's what you have. You have a, you have a Caesar yes. dinosaur that is a Velociraptor and it leads the T-Rex into victory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That is our thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, listeners out there, let us know your guys' thoughts. But uh, before we wrap up the podcast, we've got to play the quote one more time.
1: The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control. And not the other way around. Let them fight.
0: All right. That is the quote again, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you listeners out there. If you want a chance to get a shout-out on, on this podcast, you can do that by following us on Instagram. That's at Pod. If you DM us, guessing the quote correctly before we reveal it, we will give you a shout-out. you want another way to reach out to the show, you can do that through email. That's at quotesandstuffpod at gmail.com and sending in your guys' suggestions or thoughts about any of the things we talk about. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Adios.